as I was praying about what to share here today, just a, a thought had flopped through my mind, and I thought about, can Christians be demonized? And I know it gets a bit touchy, you know, a bit of a subject that there's many different diversities, there's many different uh, perspectives and theologies um, on Christians uh, being possessed or Christians being oppressed or attacked or demonized by the enemy. So I thought let's walk through it a little bit because I actually believe when we understand the word demonized, we're actually living in a very demonized society in many ways. So demonized, what does it mean? What, what does that word mean? In the, in the dictionary it says to turn into or act like a demon. Well, we know Christians don't turn into demons. I, I firmly believe that a Christian, if you're truly a on-fire Christian, and then we go back to, well, what is a Christian? Back to the whole fundamental foundations of Christ dying on the cross, rising again. Uh, do we pray a sinner's prayer and then that happens? Well, sinner's prayer is not really in the Bible the way we usually, and I still use that in many evangelistic outreaches and in altar calls today. Um, but there is a confess with your, with your mouth, absolutely. We need to have confession, you know, with our mouth. We need to, uh, but the Scripture is clear that we need to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. So however you look at that, if you truly believe, in other words, you're continuing in Him, you're looking to go after Him, after Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, uh, uh, with nothing that can stop us, I truly believe you're living a Christian life. Could a demon dwell in you? My personal belief is no. If you're full with God, there's no room for a demon because God and demons do not coexist. The question is, is are you full of God? So I've watched in, in many years of, of, of ministry and, and being saved, the generations of ministry in my life, and even in my own life when I was younger and backslidden or however you want to call it, um, I, I look at it and, and I realize there's actually a lot of really on fire Christian people. I truly believe they're on fire. And then later something started to happen and things changed. So now we go into another theology, which I won't get into today. You could say once a Christian, always a Christian, or you could lose your salvation. Uh, that's a big, deep topic that would take a lot, a lot of uh, uh, time and, and many messages and teachings to try to, to get across, and I would still look at you all and say, I don't really care if you are once a Christian, always a Christian, or if you believe you could lose your salvation. If you really think about it, those shouldn't worry you if you are full of God and on fire for Him then you're good to go, okay? So, so I look at it that way. But demonize is something very different. What does it mean? This is in the, in the dictionary. It's a, it means to criticize, demean, to depreciate, to slander, to discredit, to smear, to insult, to speak evil of, to sully or tarnish someone's reputation. So now I ask the question again, can Christians be demonized? Could a Christian ever be criticized? Ah, uh, yeah. Watch the news. 
Could Christians ever be demeaned? Yes, it's happening. It's happened since the beginning of Christianity. Could Christians be depreciated, like not appreciated, but instead go the opposite direction? Could Christians be slandered? Could Christians be discredited? Could Christians or canceled? Could Christians be smeared? Could Christians be insulted? Insults coming at them. Could Christians be spoken of that evil is of them? And could people sully or tarnish or dirty the Christian reputation? Well, I think we could answer yes to every of those. The sad part, so I would say yes, obviously, Christians can be demonized. The sad part is many Christians demonize. And that's the tough part. One, they get demonized. Two, they demonize unwittingly or unwillingly sometimes. So depending on your theology, can they be demonized? I believe many battle in life against their flesh more than the evil spirits that tend to attack them. The truth is that the spiritual realm is real. Even though there's, there's many Christian people that believe, no, a demon could never attack you once you're saved, and, and some actually don't really believe angels are relevant and demons are relevant or the devil is relevant and all this and that. I want to just tell you the spiritual realm is very relevant. I truly believe it's getting more relevant in these days than it was in history. No different, the world knows it. How many psychics? How many tarot card readers? I mean, police using psychics to find, find uh, murder pe people that have been murdered or murdering people. I mean, this is the reality. The world knows it's real, so we as Christians need to understand it's real. And we should be so far ahead of the fact that we are so far ahead in understanding of what the world's understanding is. I truly believe that we are in a season where we need to talk more and teach more in the supernatural realm because that's where we find the trueness of victory in our Christian walk. Sometimes our, our, the, the spiritual realm around us is very, very active. I truly believe it never sleeps. Whether we see them or not, it's real. It's there. Our habits, they actually can start to open doors into the supernatural realm. So depending what habit you have can open supernaturally into God's realm of heaven or supernaturally into the demonic realm of hell. And I believe that we need to look at our habits so we can get into the right alignment and the right positioning to stop attacks and to open freedom. What are some of the habits that could open the doors to maybe being demonized or the attack of the enemy. I know many people like the attack of the enemy more than demonized, but again, I, wrote, I read to you what demonized is. Well, burning out too much from work, maybe you're just overstressed, overdone, uh, financial issues. If you're burnt out and exhausted, they're, they're already, the enemy's looking, you're opening up a door for attack. Maybe you put yourself in a financial disaster. You're opening up a door 
to get attacked. Maybe lack of communication. You're not communicating well with with your wife or your husband or your children. You're opening the door to be attacked in separation. Maybe you're eating too many Whoppers. Double or triple Whoppers all the time. And you got to, I'm just saying, even an unhealthy eating habit opens the door for the spiritual realm to attack. And I'll talk about that in a moment. Because when we start to live a lifestyle that is contrary to Scripture, we create an ecosystem of destructive habits. And when we have an ecosystem of destructive habits in our life, our doors start swinging open to the attack of the enemy. And we can, most importantly, destruction of our life, Destruction of our marriages, destruction of friends, and most importantly, hurting our relationship with God. So when Christians live in a destructive ecosystem, it opens the doors for more attacks of the enemy. And you start having bad dreams, maybe bad visitations, maybe all the bad memories start coming back up again, maybe feeling unworthy, depressed, Maybe even suicidal thoughts. They're all signs that you are under attack from the enemy. And when we live in this state, our mindset, then spiritual things start manifesting. I've actually lived in these mindsets in the past, and I started seeing spiritual manifestations turn into physical manifestations. Noises, strange noises that you hear. Maybe a, 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 all of a sudden, you know, a picture's been on the wall, sitting there, no earthquake, nothing, and bam, it just falls off. I don't know what that happened. Maybe, maybe it just fell. I don't know. You know, you ever get those, I'm a seer, so once in a while in my peripheral vision, I'll see a black figure go, move out of the way. Well, these things start to happen uh, when, when you start to get into attack and you've opened doors into this realm in your life. Fear is one of the greatest doors for the enemy to enter through. When we start to walk with fear in our lives, we start to open a door wide for the enemy to demonize us. Take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, See, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you have fear in your life, it didn't come from God. Well, it either comes from God, it comes from the devil, or it comes from you. But if you have Christ in you, it had to come from the devil. For God does not, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, when fear starts to come in, we have opened up a door somewhere. And when we have opened up the door, we start to get demonized. But we don't walk with an open door of fear. We walk with power. Spirit of fear, fear takes out your power. Spirit of fear takes out the love that's in you, spirit of fear, takes out a reasonable mindset of the supernatural kingdom of God. That verse is very clear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So, fear is a spirit. You see, we always think fear is, oh my goodness, I'm going to fall. 
Well, there's levels of fear. But fear is a spirit, as Paul is exhorting Timothy. Some people think that they're going insane. I mean, I like to, I think I can, can understand some people that are going insane around me, but they think they're going insane. But really, you're listening to a spirit of insanity. You're not going insane, you're listening to a spirit of insanity. I'm not talking about physical situations. But a lot of insanity is spiritual. It's listening to a spirit of insanity. Maybe you feel like you just can't do it. You know, uh, God says do this. Oh, I just can't do it, God. Well, who are you listening to? You're listening to a spirit of failure. Failure speaking to you saying, if you did it, you're going to fail. So since you're going to fail, don't do it anyways. That's not God speaking. That is not the spirit of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That is a spirit of fear. Maybe you feel you're just not good enough. Then you're listening to a spirit of insecurity because you are good enough. My Bible tells you so. It tells me so. That you and I are not destined to live with a spirit of insecurity in our lives. We must live with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God's Word running through our veins. The renewing of our mind through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Maybe you feel that you're better than somebody else. This is common in the church. That only you're able, only you're gifted enough to make it happen. I want to tell you what, then you're listening to a spirit of pride. And I will tell you that spirit of pride will take you out. And it will make you live a lonely, lonely life. Because you or I are not better than anybody else. You and I are not more gifted than anybody else. God has intricately designed and empowered us through the blood of Jesus Christ and the resurrected power by the infilling of the Holy Spirit that we are co-laborers, co-equals in the army of God. But Sometimes you can be the best on fire Christian, but evil thoughts start to come into your mind. Maybe it's insecurity. I get it. There's times I walk off this platform after an amazing move of God happened in the service or when I'm preaching internationally and I get into the car driving home and I'm kind of feeling maybe a little bit insecure and I ask my amazing wife of 32 years, I say, how did that go? When she hesitates, really? No, 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 I was thinking. Oh, man, think faster, because you actually increased my spirit of unworthiness there. But the reality is, is we want to be celebrated. We want to be praised, and there's nothing wrong with that. When I was born from my mother's womb on this earth, and my mother and my father raised me, I wanted to be celebrated. I loved being praised. When I did something they said, and I did it well, they would say, well done, Brent, that's awesome. It made me want to do more. We want to be praised. Well, let me tell you, heaven's praising and rejoicing that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you, if you don't, today is your day to be celebrated and praised. What do you mean? We're only supposed to praise God. No, 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 no. 
we have Jesus Christ in us. He is the name above all names. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. He is in me. He is in you. Some Christians teach that you, every sickness, every illness is a demon. I want to tell you something. I believe when you have a sickness or an illness, that God wants you healed of it. That's what my Bible says. I go after the miracle. I go after the healing. I truly believe. I've seen, I've seen so many unsaved people who didn't know Jesus get miraculously healed and give their lives to Jesus Christ. I've seen many Christian people who knew Jesus get miraculously healed. I've seen many people not get healed. If you're unsaved and you don't get healed and you pass away, you lose the war. The battle that was already won on the cross 2,000 years ago, you haven't accepted it. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, your miracle is actually you through Jesus. Your miracle is a resurrected Lord and Savior. Yes, your miracle can be physical, but your greatest miracle is spiritual in your life. As you walk this earth, no matter what is going on in your body, you walk this earth in faith, believing and knowing that you are a son, a daughter of God. Our solution of these attacks is not to battle your flesh. You go after your flesh all the time, you're going to be fighting all the time. Because we're not fighting a war against flesh and blood. We're fighting a war against powers and principalities. You need to tell the spirit of fear if it's in you right now. Leave now in Jesus' name. Insecurity, leave and get out now in Jesus' name. Pride, leave now in Jesus' name. Get out of my mind. And as soon as you truly say these words with conviction, believing in faith, knowing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, as soon as you say it, you, by, by his name, you are delivered. Because the devil cannot override the name of Jesus Christ. The devil cannot override or overpower the power of Jesus Christ in us and his name. So as soon as you truly say those words, you are instantaneously delivered from all oppression, from all attacks of the devil, from all demonizing in your life. You are instantly delivered. But the length of time you stay delivered is not relevant from God. It's relevant on you. Because it's not always easy in life to live in full power and authority of the name of Jesus. But once you say it, now they're gone. Focus that they're gone and start to focus on what the Bible says about you. Because I truly believe what reopens the door 
is sometimes people say that in Jesus' name, but they don't truly believe it. And they say it, and then afterwards they're like, well, I don't feel any different. Who said you're supposed to feel different? Other than the Bible does say you should start leaping with joy. You should start praising God. You should start worshiping Him. So once you say these words to get demons out of your life, to get the attacks out of your mind, to get delivered and be free indeed in the name of Jesus Christ, once you say it, you start to worship, you start to praise, you start to celebrate. So this is me, I'll, I'll give you an example. Oh, God, that same thought. Evil thought keeps coming in my mind. Oh, evil thought, get out of my mind, out of my life. In Jesus' name, oh, oh. in Jesus' name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm, I wonder if it's gone. Nope, there's the thought again. You see, we can't live life like that. It's kind of like, I'll never go outside because I might get a virus. That's kind of a bad example maybe right now, but I believe it. Matter of fact, right now this virus seems to be nailing you more in your house than it is outside the house. So I, I can't go outside because lightning might strike me. I can't go outside. I can't drive my car because my car might quit. I can't drive my car because I might get in an accident. I can't, I can't, I can't. No, God is never a God of I can'ts. God is a God of you can do, you can do, you can do, you can do. Start to celebrate. Live in joy. Oh, God. I command in the name of Jesus Christ, get that filthy thought out of my mind right now. I hate you, filthy thought. You demon attack, get out of my mind in Jesus' name. I am delivered. I am set free. I will walk in freedom. I have the joy of the Lord. He is my strength. I want to celebrate in his power and his authority. I will live for his name. I will read his word. I will study his word. I will memorize his word. I will sing worship songs and praises to Jesus Christ. Because if you really think about it, deliverance is through Jesus Christ. Continue deliverance is your choices. Celebrate the great things you have. Praise the Lord for your amazing future. You know how many people get wrapped up in an attack of the enemy in the mind that your future is dreary and doomed? Let me tell you something. Where in the Bible are you getting that? Oh, well, maybe end times. You know what? You're not supposed to live dreary and droom. Many of those were left behind. I tell you what, you, whatever your end time theology is, your destiny is to live on fire in Jesus Christ and not have your destiny correlate or be told from the world's view. I, I hear Bill Gates and these guys talking about, you know, eliminating cows. I can't believe that. I like my meat. But if they do, I do more hunting. Maybe they may eliminate the moose. I don't know. So what is it about? Uh, the cows are letting too much gas out? Unbelievable. Whatever. Now we need to learn to stay free. 
we've been delivered, we've been set free, we've closed the door, we've closed the door from the attacks of the enemy. So how do we learn to stay in that freedom? Keeping your mind filled with the Word of God, I'd say, is probably your first most important thing to do, to live in freedom. The Bible's very clear that the devil lost his power and authority over you through Christ Jesus' death and resurrection. The Bible's clear. The only way the devil has power and authority in your life is when you've opened a door by, to let him in. By listening to any voice speaking words that do not line up with the Bible will open doors in your life. If somebody tells you something about you that does not line up with the Bible, I mean, unless it's true, you need to listen. But I get people telling other people who I am and what I believe, and they've never talked to me about it. I can't let them get in my mind, because if I do, I start to open a door to the attack of the enemy. And, and when you start to hear words like, oh, you're just a nobody, you're poor, you're wicked, you're stupid, you're a loser, you're white, I had to throw a little politics in there. Are you kidding me? I don't see white, black, yellow, orange, whatever. I see people. Why are we going backwards? We need to be going forwards and eliminate racism. Telling me that I'm white and I have to learn not to be white? politics. Most Christian people feel the devil hates them. I had to process this. But actually, the devil hates Jesus. He actually wants you. The devil wants you and he wants me. He hates Jesus, but he wants you and I to rot with him in hell. I truly believe that if the devil can't have you, and he's more than happy that Jesus can't and he can't. Remember, the devil has no power over you unless you give it to him. We need to learn how to stay free and keep our peace. We also need to understand who the enemy is. It's so important that we understand that we're not at war against our old man, our old nature. My old uh, traditional theological upbringing was you know, I'm a dirty, wretched sinner. I'm battling my own sinful flesh. I'm battling my own sinful loss. I'm battling all this. But now I began to realize when I was battling my own, on my own, against my own nature, I lost. I kept losing. Like every weekend, I was losing. And then on Sunday morning, I'd ask for forgiveness again. And then I realized, hold it. Through Jesus Christ, I have power and authority that I don't have to battle my flesh, I actually live within his presence because my flesh actually is not sinful. My mind can make my flesh sin. I had to battle against the enemies that were attacking me because we're warring against principalities. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. 
talking about the whole armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Whatever is stopping us from being strong in the Lord and the power of his might, change it in our lives. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You got a problem in your life? Put on the whole armor of God because that devil's not so wily with the armor on us. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day in having done all to stand. See, when we understand that our old man is dead, so we're not battling against our old man. Our old man is dead when we are risen again in Jesus Christ, renewed alive in Jesus Christ. Our old man dies. So why keep bringing the old man into the picture? We don't try to fight with him anymore. Evil thoughts, they're like manifestations of evil spirits not just always bad ideas. Let me explain this. If our mind is being renewed as the mind of Jesus Christ and an evil thought comes in, it's not your thought. It's his thought. Okay, so let's just figure this out. Sometimes we blame way, we put too much pressure on our own mind, our own thought patterns. If our mind is renewed in Christ Jesus, and a thought that you're a nobody, a thought that you have no purpose, a thought that you're a poor, wretched, dirty sinner. It's not your thought, it's a spirit's thoughts. Trying to push you and sway your thoughts to align with the enemy's thoughts. This is new covenant teaching through Jesus Christ. If you truly believe the finished work of the cross, then you must realize that they're not your evil thoughts, they're the thoughts of the enemy or a demon or a spirit or whatever you want to say. And as soon as you get an evil thought, you need to rebuke that thought and get it out and fill that void with celebration and praise to Jesus Christ. When you decide to resist these evil thoughts, it becomes a struggle. I guarantee it's not always easy. And in, it's like an intense battle for the land or the territory of your mind in the spirit realm. Most people, when they get an evil thought, most believers, they retreat and they try to find peace or, or solace instead of pressing in to defeat the enemy. Oh, I had a bad thought. I better just soak in the presence. Well, you know what? Soaking in the presence dispels the enemy for sure. It's a good thing. Oh, I got to stop my mind. Mind, quit thinking these thoughts. Mind, get a bigger fist and hit yourself so your mind quits thinking these thoughts. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need to renew your thought pattern. 
Bind that evil thought in Jesus' name and now move your thought pattern into the presence and the word of God by rejoicing and celebrating that you are free indeed. Spiritual conflicts, they usually happen when we start advancing into new territory. Have you ever felt so on fire for God and you start to advance into a new territory in the spiritual realm or in your life and all of a sudden it's like machine guns are shooting at you. Bop, 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 bop. Oh! The enemy's trying to put fear in you so you don't advance. But I want to tell you what. I watched a, a documentary uh, uh, was on, on Vietnam, which was, however political stance you take, kind of a different, semi-useless war or whatever, but um, it was on the, the, the hill called Hamburger Hill. And this one group of soldiers had been stuck there. They're way outnumbered. I, I can't remember the numbers. It was like they had 100 and these guys had like 1,500, 2,000 on top of the hill, and they're, uh, they're, they're bunkered in. So if you're a, a warrior, you always know, one, take the top of the hill, because you can always shoot down as people are climbing up. Two, once you're bunkered in up there, it's like three times or four times harder to take that back, that territory. One, you're climbing up a hill. Two, they're already bunkered in with machines going. And I watched this documentary about it, and they, 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 this, this group of Marines had lost so many men, and they weren't able to take the hill. And then finally, uh, there was a, a helicopters, after three days, they were out of food, out of water, out of ammunition, and finally, three days, uh, helicopters came in and reprovided, reprovisioned them, and they're like, yeah, we get to get on the helicopter to get out of here. They were exhausted. They were tired, but the, the commander got off the helicopter and said, well, the upper commanders, uh, the upper generals said, here's your provisions. Here's more ammo and food. Now go take the hill, since you were the ones that take, supposed to take it in the first place. Now go take it. They were exhausted. They worn out. They had lost so many of their soldiers. But you know what? They sucked it up and they went. And I was watching their, their sergeant or whoever it was and they, 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 they had gotten part way up the hill and they're locked down by machine gun fire. And he said to, to their own machine gun guy, just shoot at that machine gun. I'm running. Just shoot at that machine gun. Occupy him and the machine gunner shooting, and, and the sergeant realized that the machine gunner had a hole in his leg, and blood was pumping out at every heartbeat. It was a terrible thing, but he thought, okay, and he took off running. He thought he was the only one to run up, and he glanced back, and here's his whole, the rest of his team all running up the hill after him, and, and, and that one machine gunner up there on the top in the bunkers, and they threw hand grenades, and they actually ended up taking the mountain. Because one man who knew beyond a shadow of a doubt he was going to die that day, but he said, if I'm going to die, I'm not going to die running away. I'm going to die taking the mountain. I want to tell you something. They occupied that top of that hill. I think it was 12 or 14, 15 days, I think it was. might get my days mixed up. And then the helicopters came, took them all off, said, okay, we won the hill, now let's get out of here. And 10 days later, the enemy came back and occupied the top of that hill. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. 
what am I saying? You run to a battle, not away from a battle when it comes to the supernatural realm. I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking supernaturally. When you're getting attacked, you look at that attack and you go after it in Jesus' name. And you take that hill. But whatever you do, you occupy that hill for the rest of your life. You occupy it. Because if you don't, that enemy's going to come back and take that hill again. It's kind of like Joshua. His promised land experience. He was promised this promised land, this whole generation. There were big enemies on that land. Or Nehemiah's rebuilding of the walls. He, he, he had done so good, he's building the walls. And all he had was the doors left. And the enemy kept word attacking him over and over again. But Nehemiah didn't retreat at the first sign of conflict. Joshua didn't retreat at the first sign of conflict. We need to recognize that the true source in the battle is Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God in us. Evil spirits, a thought will come into your mind. It'll be convincing. You ever have to battle with those convincing thoughts? I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm, I just, no. And you stand strong for 15 minutes, and then, oh, you succumb to it. And then after you succumb, I believe that same evil spirit starts blaming you for succumbing making you feel like dirt, making you feel terrible. Oh, no, well, that's God making me feel like dirt. Really? Read the new covenant. You see, the enemy's a liar. It's all he knows. He's a deceiving liar, and he just wants to take us out. Don't believe the accusations. Don't believe the evil thoughts that come in. Cast them out in the name of Jesus. The truth is that evil spirits have no power over you, even though it feels like they do. They don't. So don't open the door. You have power over them. These battles come in waves, but they will never last forever if you shut that door. Papa Chris Volatin, he says, remember, if it's not good, it's not the end. So if you're in a depressed lifestyle, it's not the end. When God calls us home, you're going to be in a good frame of mind. You're going to be joyous and celebrating Him, no matter what your physical body, no matter what your physical surroundings say. Here's some important things that we must remember. Don't be afraid, but instead remember the Lord. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Nehemiah 4, verse 14. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome and fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your houses. We're in a battle. And, and, and I always teach that if we walk in victory theology understanding, then the battle isn't able to penetrate us. But many times in our weak times, in our weak states, many times in our depression, many times in our sickness, many times in our financial disasters, we start to become weaker and the enemy starts attacking. 
We must remember the testimonies in your life. Because testimonies, they're like weapons of warfare. You know, in the enemy, he attacked me in the past for something. I have victory over it. When that attack comes again, I able to look that devil in the face and swing the sword and said, uh-uh, I'm smarter than you, dumb devil. I'm smarter than you. You did this last time, but I have victory over it. I have victory over it today. You're a loser, devil. I have Jesus Christ in me. Fill yourself with faith even by holding on to someone else's testimony. When someone shares the testimony of the miraculous in their lives, testimony of their salvation encounter and experience, remember those testimonies and bring them in to celebrate with you as well. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant. And of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, worship God, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It means since God's done it before, he can and will do it again in your life. Remember the work that you're doing is good. Nehemiah 6 verse 3. So I sent messengers to them saying, because remember, he had actually built the wall now, but the doors were under construction. I'm not doing a great work. I am doing, I'm sorry, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. See, the enemy was taunting him to come down and talk to them. In other words, quit building the door because we know you built the walls and if you build the doors, we're done. And Nehemiah's response to the tauntings, what are you talking about? Come down, open my mind up to your evil thoughts. Are you kidding me? I'm doing a good work here. I don't have time for you, Mr. Devil. I can't come down to your level. Are you kidding me? I walk with Jesus Christ in me. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not listening to your dumb lies anymore. I'm, I, I, am, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Don't be distracted by the enemy. Don't let him distract you and take you out of your good work. We need to remember who you are. The enemy will try and convince you that you are defeated, but the truth is that you are a victor in Jesus Christ. He will try to convince you that you are the worst person in the world, but the truth is that you are the apple of God's eye, that you are destined to change the world. You don't have to be the most well-known preacher. You are the apple of God's eye, and your destiny is to be a world changer. You need to speak that truth over you, over your friends, over your family, over your marriage, over your pastors. You need to speak that truth so we don't get assaulted by the lies 
of the enemy. You need to trust Jesus to keep you and to protect you. Again, I, if I could travel internationally right now, I would. I'm not going to stop ministering and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ because of some virus. I never stopped when AIDS came. I never stopped when the original SARS came. I never stopped when Y2K came. I never stopped when I had a herniated L5S1 disc. I'm not going to stop preaching the gospel because of some virus. Are you kidding me? I'm not saying there's not a virus. There is a virus. It's called COVID-19. Trust Jesus to keep you. Be wise. Be smart. Absolutely. Wash your hands. Absolutely. Be wise. But if there was a hospital full of COVID patients and they wanted me to come in and pray for them, I'd go in and pray for them. I'd go lay hands on them. A good friend of mine passed away here a little bit ago and we had to go into the hospital and like full gowns, rubber gloves, masks. You know what? I just knew I needed to lay my hands on him. I had to touch him. I had to touch him. AIDS babies in Africa. I had to touch them. I had to touch them. Not through a glove. Skin to skin. I remember that little girl dying of AIDS. Puss and smells. She's like this long. And no nurses. They said, you must not touch her. She's completely contagious. And that little girl was going to die unless a miracle happened. Those nurses, they had gloves up to here, full gowns, masks, and we didn't have COVID then. And that little girl hadn't felt a human touch for I don't know how long. And as soon as the nurses walked away, hand went on that sweaty, clammy, pus-filled, stinky, rotting body. I remember just one eye open ever so little. And look at me. Oh. I had to touch her. She died the next day. I was probably the last human hand to touch her. I didn't go run to the bathroom and wash my hands. Scrub, scrub, scrub. Maybe that was wise. But in that moment of time, I felt so charged and energized by the power of Jesus Christ. Jude chapter 1, verse 24. Jude 1, 24. Now to him who is able, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Stumbling. 
He is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. This is the saving grace. How sweet the sound of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You need to release the peace within you through the singing and the proclamation of Jesus Christ as your Lord. Remember the freedom within you will become the freedom around you if you live in a jail cell and you take ball and chain everywhere you go, then you're going to uh, turn the people around you into jailbirds. I want to declare to you, when you come in and you have an environment uh, of worship uh, and praise uh, of Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit empowering you, you will set the captives free because you are free indeed. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 26. This is about Paul and Silas being locked up in jail. Verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Where were Paul and Silas? They were locked up in jail for preaching the gospel. They were locked up in jail. They had all the right in the world to hire lawyers, to go after the government, to go after the things, to, to, to fight them, fight them, fight them. They had all the right in the world. But what did they do? In the midst of the jail cell, they sing and they praise and give glory to God. Whoa! I'm not saying we shouldn't fight some of these COVID restrictions. I think they're, I, they're not fair. I family was in shopping at Ikea the other day. You want to talk about a mess of people? We could hardly walk without bumping into somebody. And we can't, we can't have church? Why, 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 why does our government not give us solutions to the problem? Like, you can have church, but stay socially distanced and wear a mask all the time. Uh, fine, if that's what it takes, whatever. Give us a solution instead of shutting the churches down. And I'm really praying for March 1 to 3 that the churches that are taking the province of B.C. to the courts. That's the way you fight. Take them to the courts. So here's Paul and Silas. They're praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Why? Because the prisoners before Paul and Silas got in there were doomed. They had no hope. They had no desire. They were sinners. They were in poverty. They had nothing. They lost their freedom. And then all of a sudden, Paul and Silas, who get charged illegally, start walking in. Wow, look at this new cell. It's amazing. Well, it's not new. It's old. But you know what? We're going to sing and praise God because God has a purpose for us sitting in this jail. And so we're going to start singing and praising Him. All of a sudden, hope started to fill the jail. And all the prisoners were listening. I am glad Paul and Silas didn't go into the prison. You know what? They had no right. That communist government 
they had no right. I tell you what, you know what, we're going to fight. We're gonna, you know what, I'm so angry. I'm so mad. I want to punch the jailer in the face right now. I'm so bummed out. You know what, my freedoms are da 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 No, no, no. They actually were praising and singing God. And suddenly, verse 26, there was a great earthquake. singing and worshiping and the jail shook the foundations of the prison were shaking and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed because Paul and Silas were praising God in their prison cell everyone else got set free <laughs> that's the testimony of Jesus Christ in our lives that I will not walk into a Walmart feeling all bu- I am bummed out wearing a mask, but I'm not going to walk in there all depressed and angry. I want to walk in there proudly wearing what I need to wear, even though I hate it, honestly. But to walk in with joy. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, you go first. Oh, am I going down the wrong way? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm preaching to myself because that's not my first reaction. My human nature is, well, I'm going down the wrong way because I'm not supposed to. Because I like to get the little jabs in there. I need to have a transformed, renewed mind. My earthly nature is when the cart comes towards me and the lady looks freaked out and you grab the cart and you shake it. And you look at them. No, you don't. Suddenly there's a great earthquake and that foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. No matter what, nothing can separate you and I from God's love. Nothing, not even the valleys and the shadow of death can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, listen this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come or height nor depth nor any other created thing. Any other created thing shall be able to separate me, separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We need to remember that God never leaves you or forsakes you. And He's walking with you right now through every valley in your life. Psalms chapter 3 verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Keep walking. Don't camp out in the valleys of despair. Keep moving. Keep walking. Don't camp out. And don't retreat or you'll never win the battle. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now, 
I want to give you opportunity. Right now, the greatest decision of your life ever. John 3.16 is so clear that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever, nothing that you have done can stop you from having Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. Believe on him right now. Right now, wherever you are, maybe close your eyes and say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in you. That you have forgiven me from my sins. And I receive you into my life right now to fill me and wash my sins away. Because on that day 2,000 years ago, your blood washed my sins away. And three days later, you rose again to give me eternal life. I give you my life. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to reach out to us through social media, through our website. Reach out to us. Phone our office, 604-302-2800 and let us know. Email info at windword w-i-n-d-w-o-r-d dot c-a comment on social media we fought we watch because we want to connect with you we want to give you a call we want to connect back with you most important decision of your life made today maybe you've been feeling demonized maybe you know Jesus and you've just been feeling demonized you've been feeling slandered you've been feeling attacked Maybe you've been slandering and attacking, then you're demonizing somebody else. And you need forgiveness today from that. And I want you to close your eyes right now and pray, dear Jesus, forgive me for slandering or forgive me for opening the door to receive slander or depression or fear or whatever it is. And now speak, speak to the enemy of your mind, those spirits that are attacking you. And say, devils, in Jesus' name, get out of my mind. Get out of my thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ and then start celebrating. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for the joy of the Lord that is my strength. I celebrate you, oh God. I celebrate you, oh Lord. I celebrate you, Holy Spirit. Thanks for empowering me today for this is the day that you have made. And in this day, I am rejoicing and I am glad in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.